Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Josh Carr Show, and do you hear that? It's a new intro song, that's right. Got a little bit more excitement, a little more pep in the step as we do in this podcast. Today we've got some really exciting things to talk about. Um, We have big news, actual local news. I'm from Provo, Utah. I grew up there. I live there right now. There was some big news, as you know, as you probably heard from the news. The FBI showed up to a man's house who had been threatening Joe Biden here just down the street from where I live, and they shot him. We're going to be talking about that news today as well, what's going on in Hawaii and Joe Biden's refusal in helping them in the same way that he's helping Ukraine. As always, guys, this episode is sponsored by Gulag America. I'm very excited to announce that I've entered into a longer term um sponsorship deal with Gulag America. I'm really excited to promote them. They are an awesome company. Frankly, today could not be more perfect to talk about them because of what happened in Provo today. The instance of what happened with this man in Provo, and it is complicated, and I'll talk about that. There's definitely room for nuance in a lot of these conversations. And with this one, especially in being fair to his family and being fair to everyone involved, I want to provide space for that nuance. However, at the same time, this is Gulag America in action. What happened just in simple terms, and I'm gonna go into the details of it and break it down for you. In simple terms, the FBI showed up to a man's house here down the street from where I live and shot a man because he threatened the president over uh, Truth Social right before Joe Biden came and visited Utah earlier last week. That is, if if I, I don't know what's Gulag America more than a, a, the executive branch of a government killing someone in early in the morning who is threatening them. Gulag America, if you didn't know, I partnered with them because they are a fantastic apparel company. They are patriots. One of the founders of the company is actually a veteran himself. They have awesome shirts. They have awesome hoodies, really good apparel. It washes very well. I wear it all the time. I'm going to wear it on my later podcast this week. Go check them out right now with my code. You will get 10% off. My code is joshcar10. Again, 10% off gulagamerica.com with my code joshcar10. You'll get some great patriotic clothing, especially as we start to enter sweater weather. You're definitely going to want to check out those hoodies. Getting into the news this week. So I'm from Provo. Like I said, I grew up here since I went, I moved here when I was eight with my family and I've moved around a little bit. This is where I currently live. I'm planning on being in this area for a long time. And so hearing this news, I was actually in Washington when it happened, but hearing this news, it hit me in a way that is different from news stories. I think everyone has experienced this at one time or another. When you're from, it's different. You, you listen to the news and almost never, unless you're living like DC or New York, Almost never are you hearing these stories in real time and being affected in the same way uh, as the people who are there. It's just really hard. You hear the story and it might be really sad or really happy, but unless you're living there, it's really hard to internalize the pain that comes with some of these things. And even though I don't know the man who was shot personally, I feel the pain because he is a member of my church and hearing some of the details of his life, I feel sad because I feel that this could have happened to anyone that I know here. We heard Biden was coming and people here weren't that happy about it. If you didn't know, Biden came, visited Utah, Arizona, New Mexico. The reason why he came was essentially he came to take more land from us. 
which honestly, this is a topic for another day. I could go on and on about this, but if you didn't know, about 65% of Utah is federal land. That number goes up a lot more when you get into like Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico. The federal government owns a lot of land out here and they do it under this false guise of conservation. They're saying that they need to conserve. And if you've ever been to Utah, Utah is a beautiful place. I love Utah. That's why I live here. Northern Utah is very lush. There's a lot of mountains. Southern Utah is where most of the federal land is. It has some really beautiful areas. It's where the national parks are. But to be frank with you, a lot of it is just flat desert. And most of the federal land is flat desert. Now, I definitely think these national parks and state parks need to be protected. But a lot of this land, they have actively taken from farmers. And it is taking the right to own property away from good Utahns who actually preserve the land much better than the U.S. government does. Because what's going on on most of this land is ranching. And if you, don't, if you know anything about ranching, people who ranch tend to take very good care of the land because they have a large incentive to protect their cattle. So they protect it with fences and they want it to stay somewhat fertile so that their cattle can graze on it. That is certainly the case for Utah, even Southern Utah, where it is a little drier. Anyway, so we're not happy that Joe Biden is coming. I heard about it. We'll get into this another day, but our governor was particularly happy about him coming and it wasn't a great look for him since he's a Republican governor. But in any case, we weren't happy about him coming and apparently neither was Craig Robertson. Craig Robertson is the, the man who was shot and I will use his name because I want to in part honor him. As someone who's personally lost people in my life who've been on the news, I know that it can be tricky with names, but I think when done with respect, it's appropriate. So that's why I'm giving his name, especially considering he didn't do anything inherently evil. There are a few things that he could have done better, as we'll talk about. Basically, what happened is he had posted on Truth Social about Biden coming, and he essentially said he's, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said that he's cleaning his AR-15 for when Biden comes. He also said that we're kind of due for another presidential assassination. And he even specifically said, like, that's you, Joe, and you, Kamala. So he hates Joe Biden. He hates Kamala Harris, like a lot of Utahns do. But he went so far as to, to threaten them. Now, let me just say, this is not a good move. I just want to take that off the, the table for anyone to criticize me in this way. That is too far. And I personally believe that that speech is not protected under the First Amendment. When you make direct violent threats on people, that's not protected. So what is the proper response to this? If the threats are bad enough, law enforcement should be involved. And that's exactly what happened. But really quick, before we go into the exact details of it, I want to talk about who Craig Robertson is. And I think this is really important to talk about. We hear these names on the news, but it's important to really get down to, hey, this guy has a family. He's a real person. And I want to say, according, so according to the AP, this is what the AP said. They said, quote, neighbors described Robertson as a frail elderly man. His online profile put his age at 74, who walked with the aid of a hand-carved stick, though he regularly carried guns. They said he didn't seem a threat. Quote, there's no way that he was driving from here to Salt Lake City, setting up a rifle and taking a shot at the president. 100% no way, said neighbor Andrew Monder outside the church across from Robertson Street. Again, Craig is a member of my church. He is a carpenter. He's a, he, from all accounts, from what I read and from the testimonials of his neighbors and family, he just seems like a really chill conservative who is, you know, really far on the conservative spectrum. 
Obviously, he went too far with these posts. But I guess what I'm trying to say is this could have been anyone. And this was a very... And the AP did... I was able to find this research or this data independent of the AP to verify that it was true. And so I guess my point in saying this is the FBI could have done the exact same thing. I'm not saying it wasn't warranted to send someone by his house, but any small investigation would have showed, oh, this guy is 74 and needs a cane to walk. What are the odds that he's going to go shoot the president? Any reasonable person would understand that the odds are pretty much zero. Again, I'm not saying they can't go by his house and talk to him, but to assume that he's this massive threat, he's not a 40-year-old dude who's like a veteran and has experience shooting a gun. This is a guy who's a carpenter and made himself a walking stick because he's 74. It seemed like his neighbors knew him very well. In my church, we tend to be pretty well connected with our congregations. And so there are plenty of people in the area that could have talked to the FBI and verified for for them that he was not a threat. What law enforcement should have done is this. I know the cops in Provo. They're great guys. They're good cops. They could have approached Craig Robertson for the FBI. On behalf of the FBI, they could stop by. The FBI simply could have just called Provo, said, hey, this is what's going on. We need you to go by and basically verify that this guy is not going to be a threat for President Biden. My guess is that Craig Robertson, as a conservative, is going to be much less afraid of policemen than FBI agents, men in suits or in FBI jackets. I don't know what they were wearing, but I assume they look different than cops. I'm sure if a cop had showed up at his door, not at 6 a.m., which we'll talk about, but at 3 p.m., this outcome could have been a lot different. What happened was that the FBI agents themselves showed up to his house at 6.15 a.m., I don't understand what they expected to happen. They knew this guy was conservative. They knew he had guns, at least from what he had said on his posts. Conservatives especially, the further right ones, are pretty weary of the FBI and CIA. I don't think that's a hard concept to understand. They show up super early in the morning. They're greeted by Craig, who is armed, and they shoot him. Now, to these FBI agents' credits, I want to be really careful with how I characterize each individual person in, in this event. If I was an FBI agent and someone answered the door with their gun in, in a forceful way, and we don't know, we don't have all the details of exactly what happened, and that's the unfortunate thing, those better come out. But if someone answers the door and I'm in the line of duty, I do not think it's unreasonable to think that they would want to shoot if someone's holding a gun. So I don't blame the FBI agents. But as an organization, why did they show up at 6 a.m. that day? A better question, why did they not send policemen instead of the FBI? Why did they escalate it so much? I don't blame the agents for doing it. The organization should not have gone that early in the morning. They should have been more prepared. And what's scary about this is this idea that this is, going back to the sponsor of this video, this is Gulag America, where you now reach a point where there's no, there's no investigation anymore. They went and they killed this guy. Again, they could have done really simple internet searches into his social media to find out he was 74 years old. They could have found the profile picture that showed him holding a cane. They could have gone to other people's homes first, not at 6 a.m., and said, hey, we're investigating your neighbor. Will you please tell, him, tell us a little bit about him? Instead, they showed up at his house, scared the crap out of him, and then shot him. This crap happens in fascist and communist states all across Europe. 
It's happened all the time in the 20th century. And my question for this is, who do you know that this could have happened to? That's what keeps going through my mind. I know tons of people that this could have happened to who say things on social media. They go too far in a moment of passion. They have guns. They're very weary of the FBI. They show up to their house at 6 a.m. Maybe they have, I'm, I'm not saying it was the case with Craig Robertson, but perhaps in the case of people you or I know, they show up to the house and these people could have wife or kids there. They may feel very threatened and come to the door with a gun and be shot. This was a complete disaster from start to finish for Craig as well as the FBI. And I think not these agents, but the organization needs to be held accountable. That's why, and I'll talk about this a little bit more towards the end of this podcast, the FBI needs to be hugely reformed or as many candidates are talking about, including Vivek Ramaswamy and Ron DeSantis, they need to ax the FBI completely and start from scratch. This was irresponsible. It was bad for law enforcement. To give you a good idea too, again, I feel very connected to the story because I'm from Provo. Provo is a low crime city. It is very suburban. There's very little crime, especially violent crime. There's some petty crime as, as there is in any city. It's a very religious community, very tight-knit community. This is not some, like guns getting shot and people dying in Provo, very rare. That neighborhood that the FBI showed up in was a very normal suburban neighborhood. I've done some light research to figure out the area. I don't know exactly where Craig Robertson lives. I'm familiar with the area he lives in. It's a very normal place. And so it's not only was it bad, obviously catastrophic for Craig Robertson and his family, but for that community that now knows that the FBI showed up to a house and killed one of their one of the members of their congregation, one of their neighbors, that is not the kind of that's not the kind of America that we want to live in. So I don't care if Robertson made a mistake. The FBI should not have acted in that way. Um, I guess in conclusion, our prayers need to be with this community as well as his family. And hopefully they will, they will heal from it and the FBI will be reformed in the 2024 election when hopefully a Republican is put into office. Now, I want to get to the second story of today which is Hawaii. Today's a little bit of a downer, <laughs> if, you didn't, if you couldn't tell. There's, I, I want to go over what happened really briefly, but there's a political aspect to it, and it's really atrocious, and this is what I want to focus on. So Hawaii was burned this week, unfortunately. The fire was in Maui. It is now considered the deadliest fire in modern U.S. history, which they're talking about basically in the last 100 years. The reason why is because 89 at least are dead at this point because of the fires and 2,200 buildings were destroyed. Luckily, the fire is 85% contained, so it's mostly over. I don't think the death toll will go up very much more. It may even um, end at 89, hopefully. We don't know how the fire started, but the problem was, at least from what local officials have said, is that intense winds on Maui is what made the fire so bad. So the part of the story that's frustrating is obviously fires happen. We don't know what happened. Hopefully it wasn't man-made. Um, again, it's very unfortunate. It is kind of the cycle of fires in different places, especially when you get to California. I don't, I'm not as familiar with Hawaii and the cycle of fires, but the part of the story that's really frustrating is the lack of aid from the federal government, especially because as this happened in Maui, right now our government is talking about sending more aid 
to Ukraine, $13 billion to be exact. By the way, a reporter asked Biden what he planned on doing to help Hawaii, and he just said no comment. Which, it stuns me, because the media and the left just talk so much about how Biden is their kind grandfather, like he's just a nice grandpa. But when there are 89 people who just got burned in Maui, he says no comment when a reporter asks him about it. He finally said, it was actually when he was in Utah, said that they were going to be sending federal support to help Maui. But it's really unclear what that looks like. What is clear is that they're sending $13 billion to Ukraine. I don't understand how we could even consider sending $13 billion to Ukraine when a U.S. state, your own people, just got burned and had 2,200 of their buildings destroyed. You should send all the money that you can to your own nation to rebuild before even considering sending it to a foreign nation. You'll remember Trump couldn't even get $8 billion to fund a border wall, which I would argue the atrocities that are happening at the border are just as bad as getting burned, considering the, the child sex trafficking and the people who are drowning crossing the Rio Grande, as well as the people who are dying in the, the heat trying to cross deserts. Just to sum up, that's $113 billion in all given to the Ukrainian government if this $13 billion passes. It's disgraceful that our country basically is choosing the problems of another country over our own. Our government's allegiance should be to our people. That's why we elected them. There are times when we need to go outside of our country and help those people, but that should be after helping our own country. And it should be, frankly, by large consensus, not these squeak by votes where it's 218 votes to 213. That is the message of today. When the federal government, such as the president or the FBI, starts working for themselves and foreign powers over their own people, we're in deep trouble. And we need to elect someone to drain that swamp. That's why I'll be supporting people in 2024 that talk about either massively reforming the CIA and FBI or abolishing it completely, as well as being America first. How could we elect someone who's not America first? We're not electing the director of the UN. We're not electing our UN ambassador. We are electing the president of the United States who is in charge of our country as well as how we interact with other countries. And if they're going to choose to interact with other countries in a way that is more advantageous for them than it is for us, clearly there's something going on, which we already, again, this is a topic for another day, clearly we're already seeing this with the Biden family and how they're involved in Ukraine. So it's no wonder why they're sending $113 billion to them when they can't even help the 89 people and their families who just died in Maui. That is it for this episode of the Josh Carr Show. Remember, why haven't you gotten a shirt from gulagamerica.com yet? Go check out my link. Josh Carr 10 is the code to get 10% off. Get a hoodie for sweater weather. Buy it for your family, conservative. Maybe even if you have some liberal family, go, uh, you know, send them one of those. That'd be pretty pretty good. <laughs> uh, I'll probably do that for mine for, for Christmas, my liberal members of the family. But anyway, go check them out. Josh Carr 10, 10% off. Thanks, guys.